really got to try on that left-hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Welcome, welcome to a very special Halloween edition of the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you witches, brews, thumb screws, and great internments all about the world of rugby. As always, I am your Fright Night companion, the wicked, the infernal, David Lawrence. And as you can tell, this is not our regular freakly episode, but is in fact another spine-chilling bonus episode. Tonight, the Ouija board tells us we are not alone. We are in fact haunted by a ghostly presence it has made itself evident in this very room numerous times over the long years. As I gaze into my crystal ball, I see we've been joined by a benevolent spirit, one we all know by now. Paranormal experts have concluded that this marks the eighth time we've encountered this particular apparition, a spirit that has crossed the lines of north and south. It's Phil the Chiller. Phil, can you hear my words? I can. This is the ghost with the most. I'm Hillbilly Broccoli Man. Ooh. <laughs> I'll definitely have to share this out later. Um, Phil never fails to disappoint with his costuming. Last year it was Ted Lasso, and this year it's Broccoli Guy. Big shout out to Broccoli Guy out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, once again, just top-notch stuff. I'm going to be... Um, uh, Snorlax, the Pokemon this this year, but Perfect. I didn't ha- didn't didn't have it in me to to gear up for this. <laughs> oh no worries! All I had to do was put on a hat and a shirt, and I grabbed some broccoli, and we're all set here. It's a pretty easy costume to do. Um, happy to have done it, and yeah, it's it's good to be back with you. Of course, uh, you know David Lawrence here. We we call you on our show Dan from Quincy because there's already a David <laughs> or a Dave rather. So yeah, it's going to be kind of a uh, hard to to mix that up um, during the show here. But uh, yeah, happy to be back on eighth time in a row. Is that the record still? Am I the record? Absolutely, holders? you're you're Excellent. still you know head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, I do want to know, like, so it, it's damn great to see you as always. How has off season life been for you? It's been great, man. I mean, it, it's long, of course, right? You know, the the season off season for the Free Jacks is long, but I've been watching a lot of highlights for NPC that's just concluded you know it's some yep. free jacks on Taranaki um the turbos and also Auckland uh so that was awesome uh watched a little bit of the women's uh, world cup uh USA um match and other than that I've just been watching some collegiate rugby for my Gamecocks University of South Carolina I'm on the board of trustees for the team so that's been good yeah other that's than ex- that, I didn't know that that's excellent yeah I'm the vice chairman uh of the uh Carolina rugby board mm-hmm. wow yeah yeah, there's suddenly out of nowhere, there's a ton of college rugby available. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that it hopefully will continue to lead in that direction. And, you know, Carolina is going to be a big, big program in the next couple of years. So for any of my listeners who are silly enough to not have subscribed to your amazing show <laughs> as of yet, can you just give us a, a quick glimpse at some of the incredible guests you've had on lately? It seems like every three or four days, there's somebody new that's super cool. 
<laughs> yeah, so we, we've really pride ourselves in getting uh, introductory interviews with the players that have been announced. Um, we had some uh, recent uh, in, uh, meetings with uh, TK, which is the um, um, general manager of the Free Jacks, about making sure that our content aligns with their announcements and stuff like that. So we're definitely going to continue that route with our introductory interviews of certain players that have been signed on or re-signed with the Free Jacks. And with that being said, um, episode 56 was just released yesterday but we promoted it today um so that is we call it we're calling it new blood you know we've got that spooky theme going yep. just like you <laughs> are for this episode you know this is a tradition that and i was so excited that we did this last year for a halloween episode that we're doing it this year hopefully that'll just continue uh, on years down the road because i'm a big halloween fan but back to the uh the guest real quick we've had on recently connor uh young who's a, a recent signing for the free jacks from australia but he's canadian eligible uh, the Free Jacks going uh, the route of high quality domestic talent this year, which is super exciting. So we're calling ourselves, you know, Canada South nowadays, uh, in <laughs> yeah. land, uh, which I'm totally OK with. Love the country of Canada. Uh, as long as USA Rugby continues to beat Canada, I'm perfectly fine with us having a lot of their players. Um, another guy that we had on recently is Cole Keefe. Um, yep. He is a stalwart with um, Toronto Arrows that recently just uh, were traded to the Free Jacks. Of course, we had a fan favorite, um, the Eagle, Kyle the Eagle Sequera on. Oh, yes. And uh, another fan favorite uh, is Terrell Pita, who joined us all the way from New Zealand, uh, who was playing in NPC, a very, very high level of NPC at uh, Auckland Rugby. Um, this all yeah, he, I think he was still in it when he appeared on the show. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, they had just won their quarterfinals, I, th- I want to say, and they were going into the semifinals. Unfortunately, lost that game. But yeah, uh, yeah they, they had a great it's campaign. Surprising. And when he played, man, he showed out, uh, you know, had some injuries, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. But when he did play, he had some major, major parts to play in those games. And he, he played them very well. Yeah, the second to last game he played this year for them, he was the reason they won. Like, yeah. he came in off, <laughs> yeah. off the bench and just sure killed did. everybody. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, he's a great player. I really hope he comes back to the Free Jacks. But uh, unfortunately, part of that, with the way that the league is set up right now and the history of where we are in the league, if those guys don't make don't get their contract that they're looking for in um, uh, Super Rugby, then they come to the Free Jacks. So it's kind of a letdown for them to a certain extent because they want to progress themselves to Super Rugby, obviously. Yeah, but we'll sure. be happy to have him back for sure. Yeah, and I think those feelings go away once they're in the in the the din yes. of Fort Quincy and out Absolutely. there on the field. You know, rugby's Absolutely. rugby. And, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, so I was there for that little chat with TK, though I know you've talked to him more about uh, about things going mm-hmm. forward. Um, it, to me, it's super exciting. It sounds like you've sort of gotten the VIP pass. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've always had it sounds like you're going to get. Yeah, so, sorry, all... I was going to say it sounds like a, a beautiful trade off where they'll they're going to hand you things a little earlier than other people might get it. And in response, you'll say, OK, I'm going to hold off on this just just to make sure that we're not stealing the thunder from the free jacks when they're trying to do their own releases for sure like ultimately what it comes down to is we just want to help each other so we're just i, I see it as a closer alignment with the club uh, with with regard to content and stuff like that so um when we initially started this process uh with the jacks rangers show uh we reached out to them and got their blessing uh and, and they were happy to give that um we just see it as just you know a strategic partnership ultimately um to make sure that we're all on the same page and, and we're the, the goal for everybody is the same is to get as many eyes and ears on major league rugby as possible yep. uh, and specifically the free jacks obviously so um that, that just aligning with the club closure is just a win-win for everybody involved yeah. 
It's funny that you, you know, just talking about the NPC, the, the the phrase I used this week to talk about the, the final was, I was just talking about how much I love that league. And it's like, where else can you go where you see once in future All Blacks and once in future Free Jacks on the same pitch? It's pretty great. It's, it's the best, man. It really is. I don't have Flow Rugby, uh, so I, I don't get to watch the full games, but I have watched most of the highlights. It's a very, very competitive league as well. A lot of good players in that league, man. Um, you know, a lot of those guys that haven't proven themselves at the uh, super rugby level are just there for the taking for um, Major League Rugby because the, the the seasons don't overlap so it's great right. to see those guys coming over specifically to the free jacks and um hope to see more of them in the future yeah i think we have a good good inroads with them with some of our coaching staff in particular i think we that's have right. real you know tendrils throughout new zealand especially southern new zealand it seems that's like. right uh through um you know ryan martin obviously the first uh per, you know true coach for the free jacks uh no right. disrespect to josh uh smith but um and also um TK, the general manager, uh, you know, Southern uh, New Zealanders. Yep. So, my friend, it is my favorite time of year. I think it's yours, too. We're mm -hmm. closing in on Halloween. How's the foliage situation up there in the Granite Outpost? Beautiful. You know, it always is. It's strikingly beautiful. You know, when I grew up in North Carolina, it was it's pretty in the Blue Ridge Mountains, but it's not quite as striking as it is in New Hampshire. I think it's just the red is so much mm. brighter for whatever reason. Um, you get a lot of people up here uh, around this time of year leaf peeping, it, and it is it's beautiful yeah. to see. I, I don't it I don't take it lightly because it is you know it, it there, there's there's beautiful pictures you know when you walk outside these beautiful paintings of nature every single year here in the great granite outpost that is yeah it, it's our big trade off for having to shovel our damn cars out. It's a good one too. Uh, I think the older that you get, the less likely you feel that way. But uh, ultimately, at this point. I'm still in the honeymoon phase, even though I've been here for 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of strategic partnerships, I think you're enjoying a nice Stormalong cider right now. Do you have a couple of words about our, our buddies or particularly your buddies as well? Not that I don't love the Stormalong. I will say that the Happy Holidays, the holiday spiced cider is absolutely amazing. I'm not a big really? cinnamon guy. Yeah, I'm I haven't a big tried this. Apple pie guy. But when you put these this, this concoction together, together i cannot stop drinking it it is amazing of course i'm drinking responsibly but it is absolutely stunning dave i would highly recommend just pausing this and going out to get this because you will <laughs> not regret tasting this excellent happy holidays offering from storm along man I, I i i could not recommend this enough wow i haven't even seen it on the shelf yet i'm gonna have to go seek it out that's amazing highly recommend and by the way just in case anyone's listening when baxter came out with their free jacks ipa I got in touch with Baxter because I couldn't find it anywhere around here. And I said, hey, can you tell me any store within any reasonable distance? And somebody got back to me and said, yeah, definitely. I'll get back to you. That was it. Never heard again. I'm like, okay. I'm sure it's the Freedex partnership and sponsorship with uh, Baxter is very lucrative. Um, but that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy with our friends at Storm Along American Heart <laughs> So in what I hope becomes an annual tradition, not just for last year and this year, but for many years to come. Yes. Phil and I are here to bring you a few sports-related ghost stories, mostly sports-related, as well as some personal experiences as well. Mm -hmm. I do have to start by mentioning, <laughs> this is the least rugby-related content I ever put out there. <laughs> and that's because finding rugby-related ghost stories is shockingly difficult. Like you'd think they'd be all over the place. I even reached out to a whole bunch of people on Twitter and even in like a, an absolute rugby wonk, like Will Owen said, you know what? Sorry, it's just too niche. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> However, what a sport you, 
as old as rugby, you would think that there would be more stuff out there, but I guess I not, know. Huh? Yeah. yeah, like the, the stories I find are minor league baseball, college football, minor league baseball, cricket. There's tons of cricket. I'm like, how can there be huh. this much cricket? Anyway, um, in fact, the last time we did this last year, you uh, you kind of teased a ghost story that you, I'm hoping, have brought along for us tonight. Um, my spirit guide tells me that you've brought along a couple of spooky tales for the evening. Uh, would you do the... Do us the honor of getting us started here tonight. Absolutely. So the first one that you're going to hear from me is the longer of, of the, the bunch here. And this okay. is an absolute true story. If you um, handed me a stack of laws of rugby, I would swear on it right now. It is the absolute truth told firsthand, uh, witnessed by me, Phil Harris. Okay. So a couple years back, this is prior to me living in my current apartment here at the Granite Outpost in Manchester, New Hampshire. Prior to that, I had a bachelor pad. It was a studio apartment on the fourth floor um, of an apartment right downtown in Manchester, just a uh, stone's throw away from Elm Street, which is the main street. And this place had a dark vibe about it, okay? It wasn't just the neighbors that were, you know, alcoholics and drunks and, and, um, uh homemade <laughs> tattoo artist uh we, know, we like, can be haunted by many different things for sure for sure absolutely um the specters that live there in fact it was it was um the first level was a bar okay so there you go with that um as soon as i moved into that place i, I could just tell that something was amiss all right and and i'm not just talking you know about the the, the residents in, uh, in the other apartments but truly there was some wild stuff going on there there was a guy that lived across the the hallway from me very nice kid young guy um very friendly uh so th i had some neighbors directly below me that were the the uh the drinkers that drank every day you know it didn't matter if it was uh regardless of what they was they were all had like a, a bush light they were big nascar fans so i got along with them very well um so they had happened to tell me that this kid, I would see him down there every once in a while hanging out with them. So I'd go down there and, you know, chat with him a little bit. And uh, one day I was like, hey, where's that guy at? Because I wanted to get him an interview at this place that I worked at at the time. They, they had said, oh, man, it's a bad story. I think he was like 18, 19, years, young, young kid, you know, first apartment away from home. Oh, Phil, he, he tried to kill himself. And I'm like, what? That guy? Huh? That doesn't make any sense. So I guess his, his dad came and like moved him out of the apartment and stuff like that. Never saw him again, but that never wow. made sense to me um, until later on. All right. So that's just kind of setting it up here. So from there on, I would have what my girlfriend calls night terrors. I wouldn't necessarily call them that because I'm not waking up screaming or anything like that. I had most of them in that apartment where I would be dozing off and then fully asleep. And then I would wake up and then look across the room and then see something like maybe a giant spider crawling on the wall. Um, sometimes I saw a full, one time I saw a full apparition of someone standing by my uh, door frame there. Um, just like a regular guy, bearded, was completely uh, like an aura rather than a, a physical person looking at a cell phone, like scrolling. And I was like, wow. what in the world is happening here? So that happened a couple of times. It would happen, I would say, let's say once every three months, something like that would happen. Um, so that right away, you know, red flags are already up, obviously. And then from there, there was a guy that moved in. You never really saw him, unfortunately. Like he was one of those people that kept to himself. Um, he was not right beside of me, but like across the hall. 
one day uh, I'm going to work. It's in the morning. Uh, I'm hearing some grunting noises and I'm like, mm, I'm not going to knock on the door, but it's a little loud for this to take place this early in the, in the day. It didn't sound like what you would typically think that I would be saying, but it just sounded a little off. And I was like, okay, that's strange. Go to work, okay. come back. No, yeah, no, neighbors no. Make weird noises sometimes. Yeah, sure, sure. I come back, um, you know, no sounds. I'm like, okay, that's good. Uh, so, you know, settle in, go to sleep, get woken up. So my apartment, um, if you're looking out one of the windows, there's a, there's a balcony area right there that it was a communal balcony. Not, thankfully, not a lot of people used it because that would have been really bad if I was trying to sleep because it was really like right there for me and nobody else. It was just, it was a balcony that overlooked my apartment, but everybody could use. So I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, David, during the witching hour, right? After this has taken place that morning. And I hear the voice of a young man, very frantic. And he's praying the rosary, which, you know, I'm a Southerner. We're, we're, you know, we don't really have a lot of Catholics uh, where I come from, <laughs> but I, it was like Hail Mary, all of that sort of stuff that you, you hear about or see yep. in movies. Right. And he's pretty loud. And I'm like, what is going on? Did this guy have like a bad trip or something like that? And then finally, eventually it stops. I never get up and look outside the window, but I, I'm hearing it very clearly as, as clearly as you can hear me right now. Um, and it's, he sounds frantic that it wasn't wow. just casual or idle. He's frantically doing this. I'm like, strange. Okay. So I finally go back to sleep. It eventually stops the next morning. What I'm <clears throat> hearing, um, in the, in this apartment, instead of groans, what I'm hearing is <clears throat> that type of demonic, weird, almost like a, um, a puma i don't know if you've uh, it, it's not like a regular meow or like a growl they sound demonic and that's what exactly what this sounded like and there was a thud every couple of seconds let's say three seconds there was a thud against his door Whoa. from the inside so i'm getting ready to go to work I, I i close up my door and then i'm in the in the hallway and i'm hearing this and it's rhythmic and then there's the 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 demonic sounding I'm like, this is not good, but I'm not going to go knock on this kid's door. I don't know this person, right? So I'm going to go to work, and, and that's exactly what I did. I come back after work, and literally it is the exact same sound as if it's being played on a soundtrack, but this is a real person making this sound and thudding against the door, the exact same rhythmic timing as I had left. So this is nine hours later. So I'm like, something is really not right here. Um, by the way, I, I did miss one part. So prior to all of this taking place, there was a very strange, eerie looking um, framed painting that showed up near this guy's door that was not there previously. Okay. Not sure if that is directly related, but I wanted to throw that in there because it was something yeah. that was out of the ordinary. Um, it wasn't hung up. It was like up against the wall near this guy's apartment, closer to his than mine. So uh, fast forward to where I'm, it's the afternoon, this sound is still taking place. So uh, I'm like, okay, very strange. Um, so I'm in the kitchen, which is right near the, the, the door. Uh, by the way, studio apartment, very small, can still hear what's going on outside. I'm like, you know, dicing up some stuff to cook or whatever. Um, the police get called. All right. So they do a wellness check. By the way, I'm not opening my door. Uh, I'm not even looking out the, the, the eye thing. 
but I can hear that the police officer somehow gets the door open and is frightened by what he sees. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, you know, a regular Manchester beat cop that has to show up and do this wellness check. He must've called the mental health folks because they eventually show up and it was kind of hard to hear what was going on exactly. Cause again, the, 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 there's a door there that I did not open. Um, but they're calling this guy's dad and the dad eventually shows up and the dad's like, uh, we're not religious people, but this seems you know, it almost seems like possession. He's talking right outside of my, uh, right outside my door. Um, but I'm, I'm not opening the door or anything like that, but I could hear him talking to the healthcare professionals. Right. Uh, and they're like, you know, we don't handle that. That's not our field, but I understand. <laughs> the exorcist is not on duty tonight. Exactly. Yep. So eventually the police, I think they had to, you know, manhandle this guy, an additional police officer had to come in and manhandle this guy. And they whisked him past my door, which was closed and down the stairs and out of there. Never saw this kid again. Um, I, I wish I, you know, as I'm telling the story, I wish I had seen the state of him, but you know, again, what adds up is the Manchester police officer frantic, scared when he saw him called the backup, the dad got called in. He immediately starts talking about, you know, religious stuff and they're not religious people, it's just it's a it's a crazy true story that uh, I will never forget, and I've told it to Did a couple people. Did you see weird signs, you know, on his door or anything the next day? No, like, no. Eventually, so yeah, I think eventually the the dad came in and, and got all of his stuff and, and moved him out of there. But uh, yeah, it, it the apartment, um, yeah, like I said, you know, when you add all that stuff up, it, it, there's just something not right about that building. Um, I, I still do have ever occasionally these night terrors. Now that's not what I would call them, but you know, just whatever it is, I see stuff and I wake up, but it's mm. a lot less frequent than what I did when I was at that building, which I think is interesting. Wow. It's like yeah. residue from this weird bad juju. Absolutely. Yeah. Very crazy. Oh, well, I, I'm glad you were in your apartment instead of that one. Maybe, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ooh, I'm a little chilled right now. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm one of those people that, you know, saw the exorcist a couple of times and it still sticks with me. You know, I, I think I was talking about oh, yeah. it on our show because, you know, I love Halloween, love scary stuff and whatnot. You know, I've asked a couple of these guys, what's their favorite scary movie and stuff like that. And what I did mention one time, I was like, you know, when I close, when I, you know, when, when it's dark, what my mind eventually races to is either the exorcist or the original it the 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 tv miniseries I, that's what i think about oh yes yeah. you know they get a little spooky yeah so uh yeah uh, oh yeah i forgot wow. you and i have the, the stephen king thing in common as well yes sir i've read about 15 at this point 15 16 books so far and i'm still making my way through it's funny i, I almost made a pact with the darkness when I was a kid where like I had, I guess I had seen a couple horror movies and I'd heard weird stories. And I was like, I don't like the idea that, uh, you know, some spirit or a demon might creep on, up on me. And I was feeling this pressure. So I, I waited till nobody was home in my house. I went into a room and I shut off all the lights and I said, if anything bad is out there, <laughs> it's going to get me. Yeah. Do it now. And I right, right. stood there and just waited. Nothing happened. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah, there you go. That's a great way to do it, I guess, huh? Yeah. 11 year old David figured it out. Perfect. Good for you, man. <laughs> so, as we were just talking about, you know, in my searches, I I do have a little personal tale too to add as well in go a bit. But, uh, you know, of course, I, 
I was trying to do a search. As I said, I was trying to find rugby hauntings, rugby ghosts, like Google whatever you want. You're not going to find anything as far as I can tell. Maybe if you went to the rugby school and found mm-hmm. the old headmaster, you could say, hey, do you hear bumps in the night? And you'd probably get mm-hmm. something then. Um, but I did find one about a soccer stadium or a mm-hmm. soccer team in a way that might have been under a curse. Oh. So after a successful 103 run a year run at the Dell Southampton FC moved to a brand new stadium about two miles away. And this is back in 2001 mm-hmm. called St. Mary's stadium yep. after the nearby church that founded the team in its earliest days, the state of the art facility more than doubled fan capacity for the team with over 32,000 seats. There was just one problem during the team's first season at the new stadium. It couldn't win a game. Naturally, you know, as, as fans are wont to do, they began searching for reasons for the new losing streak. Some said supporters of Portsmouth's FC, its arch rival, had buried a shirt under the stadium during construction. By the way, do you remember when uh, a Red Sox fan on the construction crew for the new yep. Yankee Stadium did that? Yep. They found the big poppy shirt just yep. before we closed up. Oh, I really wish that had worked. Perfect, I feel like yeah. that was brilliant. Um, so a lot of people thought that might have jinxed the team. Um, others believed there was something more sinister at play. Quote, there were many things happening that no one could quite explain, said Andrew Frewinghouse, a Southampton-based paranormal researcher and uh, the events and marketing director for Supernatural Tours. He went on, there was one worker who said he was a bit scared to go into the main stadium at nighttime because people would report these, these shadows and hear these voices. But once the team started to have an incredibly bad, really, really bad, terrible season, more and more people began to believe there was a curse on the stadium because it had been built on an ancient graveyard. Oh. The stadium, in fact, lies directly in the heart of what was once an Anglo-Saxon settlement known as Mm. Hamwick. Gotta love the Anglo-Saxon names. Um, Graves and human remains dating back to the 7th century were discovered on what became the stadium grounds. Archaeologists continued to to discover artifacts around, or perhaps more accurately, under the grounds from the era. So clearly spooked by the happenings or perhaps just the losing record, the team, nicknamed the Saints, mm-hmm. brought in a pagan witch named Caridwin. <laughs> uh, her name was Caridwin Dragon Oak Connolly in hopes of ridding the angered spirits from the stadium. Um, again, quoting the same man, uh, we would call the ritual she performed a clearing in the UK. And that means it's supposed to send the spirits to whatever you believe the next plane happens to be or the afterlife, uh, Frewinghouse said. She claimed it was evil spirits. But I suppose, really, if you were upset about your burial ground being built on, you probably would be a little bit annoyed yourself. You might, you might not have to be evil, right? So just hours after Connolly performed, performed her ritual, Southampton FC won its first game at the new stadium. While the team has you know, fared better since its first season, Frewinghouse said the, uh, the ritual didn't completely stop the strange happenings around the stadium. And he still hears stories from fans and employees about their perceived supernatural experiences. He went on, I suppose the players must have really believed the curse enough to warrant someone coming in and doing the ritual. <clears throat> but I don't know if it was a coincidence or if it actually did help since they won right after. But I think they convinced themselves it was gone and made themselves believe that, you know, believe that fully in their minds, even if it wasn't true. I t- he said, I tend to find in my experience from doing this, the thing about exorcisms and clearings is they don't always work. You know, if you're a spirit and you're really upset about what happened, it doesn't matter what someone does. You're not going to go, you know, I'm going to go put a curse on this place. And then when somebody just says, Oh, would you please go away now? You know, it's not going to necessarily hold that much water for you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
What do you think? Have you ever hired someone to perform an exorcism and find it really didn't take? I cannot say that I have, but I'm familiar with the club, Southampton. They're not doing too well this year. Um, uh-huh. I, will, I will say that, you know, sports hexes, hexes and superstitions are a very strange thing because it gets started and then some people like mostly dismiss it. But once the team starts losing, it's like, you know, you get the believers, you know, slowly coming around. Yep. There's something like that for my university, University of South Carolina. They, they call it the chicken curse, and I don't believe in it. But really? if we get beat by a team that we shouldn't be losing to, I'm like, that's that chicken curse in the back of my mind. Of course, I'm thinking that. So I think that, you know, it's just it's just human nature to want to uh, blame something that is a little supernatural and beyond, you know, the player and coach's control and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just the way it is. But uh, that's that's pretty cool. It's interesting. I wonder how much she got paid as a, a consultant <laughs> to come in. I would love to see that on the official books, you know, what they put that down as consultant for you know, or whatever. Right, right spiritual 12 newt's tales six bat eyeballs hilarious yeah i love that man that's that's awesome do you think athletes are more prone to being superstitious you know i always think of bull durham as such a great example with it you know there's the guy who believes in voodoo and he he, what does he uses a chicken to uncurse his bat or something i think that's major league but that's a very yeah that's a good one (laughs) yeah that's a great uh yeah i think i think it's true that uh athletes are more superstitious because performance is so important and you and so many people view what they do and it's so important to their livelihood that they perform well so i think superstition is very very much a part of athletics i myself before used you know and again a collegiate rugby player was never going to be professional at any level whatsoever um i would uh i'm sure you've seen the movie gladiator back in the day russell crowe oh, yes. right um when he's you know he's a farmer so he would always you know take a little bit of grass and rub his hands before a battle i used to do the same thing it looks stupid as hell uh for me to doing that back in the day at the university of south carolina playing rugby but uh, i would do that before every single game and it and you know i i didn't want to not do that because i you know uh, who knows what the consequences were? Get injured, you know, mess something right, up right. entirely. Once it's you all... start it and it works, you can't yeah, really get off. Exactly. Right? Yep, for sure. I mean, and ritual is in general is such a big part of athletes' preparation and stuff. Sure. And once you get it right, you want to make sure it stays right, and you want to take care of all those, you know, A, B, C, right in order. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, personally, do you think if somebody did, you know, make the mistake of sort of desecrating an ancient burial ground by just slapping a brand new stadium on it without, you know, bringing somebody spiritual in there. Do you think that could actually have an impact in real life? Uh, I'm one of those people that, you know, I want to believe, but I don't Mm. necessarily believe, believe Mm. Uh, I'm not one of those people that like will break out, you know, the recorders and stuff like that and try to communicate with ghosts or anything like that. But I, I want it to be true, but I'm, I'm very skeptical. So I would say, no, I, I don't really prescribe to that sort of stuff for the most part, but uh, it is fun to think about uh, for sure. <laughs> this is completely unrelated and I had not planned to talk about it. So when I, when I finished my grad school, I had been looking around for a place to, to have a party and something I had spotted in fact, in Quincy, mm-hmm. uh, where our beloved Free Jacks play, yes. there's, a, there's the USS Salem, a, an old battleship that they have mm-hmm. harbored there. And they had it set up so you could go on tours there. Like Boy Scout groups would do overnights on it. It's pretty incredible. Cool. It's a really cool thing. But what I noticed is you could rent the place, and I swear to God, it was like 55 bucks. And, you, you, can, and you can just have the battleship to wander Love around that. on. 
And I was like, this is what we're doing. We're having a freaking party on a battleship. Everyone's like, oh, well, should I throw in some money? Like, nope, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was a riot. It was a fantastic time. But then as we're leaving, they were kind of like, okay, you guys got to go. You got to go. And we we're like, you know, what's the rush? Paranormal uh, investigators were coming in oh, that very wow. night from Ghost Hunters to do a little uh, special episode. I'll tell and you, I, I'm like, I'm like, we might have riled them up a little bit because we made a lot of noise that night. I'll tell you, man, like I used to watch that stuff when I was younger, you know, uh, let's say high school, early college years. And, and it's always it's very sensationalized and whatnot. You know, there's always the, the oh, what's that? And then they cut to a commercial break and then it turns out to be nothing. So all that stuff is, you know, it, it's fun. I'm glad that those people out there have that because it's it's really it's truly a community. Right. Uh, people that want to believe and they and they and they go out and do this sort of stuff. It's all about, you know, the friendships that they have with the people that they are with and stuff like that. So that's that's the good for them. You know, it, I don't want to yeah, uh, yuck that's somebody's a really young, great point. You know what I mean? Every time we talk, Phil, you say one thing that's out of nowhere. I'm just like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. It always is. It always yeah, is yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. Um, what else do you got? I know you have a couple more things in your pocket there. Um, you have any more little things to share? Uh, not personal experiences, but I will say mm. that there, there's two things that come to mind in terms of the paranormal. Um, mm. A buddy of mine who I went to high school with um, in Kingsmount, North Carolina, he was saying that he got up early one day for, I guess it was over the summer because he was working early in the morning. Um, and he was in his pickup truck driving through our rural county. Um, I, I want to say it's up near Kayser. And by the way, Kayser, you know, one of those places off the beaten path for sure. There's maybe a, th at the, a thousand people at the most that live in this town. Very, very backwoods, very uh, foothills, North Carolina, Appalachian type of uh, mm. place. And he was going down this, you know, windy curve. Um, and he swears up and down. And I, I believe him. I, I believe he saw something. He says that he saw an old timey couple that had this aura behind them. Um, and they were dressed up in their Sunday best at, mm. you know, right uh, right before dawn uh and they were just on the side of the road holding hands and they had that you know that um yeah, that grayish background to them that aura uh, oh, wow. they looked like they didn't you know they were dressed up in their sunday best but it wasn't like the modern times outfits it looked like you know early uh 1800s maybe late 1900s attire no reason for them people to be there right off the side of the road there, you know, a couple inches from the road. He's going around the turn. He looks and sees it and it scares him half death. Thank goodness he didn't crash, but uh, mm. he swears up and down that he truly saw something that, that morning. I am far more likely to believe tales like that one mm -hmm. because it, when it's like, oh, there was a ghost there and it attacked me. Like, right. Yeah. That's did that's it, you know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. just seeing something that's a glimpse maybe yeah. into a past time or something that makes more sense to me in a way. Maybe you had too um, many uh, bush lights the night before, you know, maybe you didn't get a lot of sleep, but who knows, but uh, he truly believes it. And that's the thing is like, I believe that people believe. And like I said, I want to believe, but if somebody tells me an account and, you know, they're passionate about it, I believe that, I believe that they believe that they saw something. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's a little yeah. bit different than like truly believing it, but uh, you know, that, that is a truth to him and, and God bless. That's, that's the way I see it. <laughs> uh. So I have one that you might even recognize here. Okay. Uh, you, you might have heard this story before. So just like with many Catholic colleges, it's funny that the Catholics come up so often with these ghost stories. You know? mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. why do you guys have the market cornered on sinister paranormal stuff? It's weird. 
<laughs> and you know what? They can keep it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, That's something I don't necessarily want to uh, market share of. <laughs> so, of obvious famous university here in the United States, Notre Dame, mm -hmm. is filled with ghostly legends and haunted tales, so much so that the admissions department even showcases some of these stories on its website for new students. Really? Um, wow. And while there are, of course, many spots, you know, sort of believed to be haunted, perhaps none is better known than Washington Hall. So there have reportedly been several deaths in or near the building over its multi-century existence, including a professor, a steeplejack, and a student and football star, George Gipp. Yes, the Gipper, as in win <laughs> one for the Gipper himself. Nice. So as the popular legend goes, the 25-year-old Gipp, a senior, stayed out past curfew one night, was locked out of his dorm building upon his return. It was a cold late autumn night, but he had nowhere to go, so he slept on the steps outside of Washington Hall. Uh, the next day... He contracted pneumonia and ultimately died from the infection soon after that, um, but not reportedly before delivering his famous plea to uh, Coach Newt Rockney from his deathbed. Many believe that Gip never left Washington Hall and that he continues to haunt the building to this day. More than 100 years later, students, staff, and faculty members have reported the uncanny feeling of a, a presence, dis, uh, you know, despite being completely alone there, unexplained footsteps, frequently moved objects, you know, rustling curtains, the sound of brass instruments while nobody's playing them. Countless student reporters, as well as professional ghost hunters, have spent nights in the hall hoping to make contact with the lurking ghost and documented their efforts without much concrete evidence. But, you know, uh, I was just going to say earlier, it's, it's you know, we encounter this always with these type of phenomena, like mm -hmm. proof is the, is the opposite or the enemy of faith in a way. And if you're somebody sure. who believes in this, I almost feel like you're less likely to find the proof. So, <laughs> Absolutely. so Matthew Swain, the author of America's haunted universities said the rumors of Gipps ghost started not long after his untimely death quote, I was able to find a story from a student newspaper in 1926 or so. Swain said a student claimed he was awoken one night or early morning, went outside and there he saw the ghost of George Gipp on a horse in front of that building. <laughs> uh, other accounts have been about students hearing a horn blowing when they look for whoever's doing it. They can never find them. Some people think Gipp just had a rebellious side and was a prankster and he might still be continuing that tradition long wow. after his death. Uh, Though I have to say, so Swain is quick to point out the story of Gibbs' death is likely not accurate. And another less shared theory is more realistic as to what happened. So weeks before he was hospitalized, Gibb was teaching a teammate how to punt late at night and developed strep throat. <laughs> oh, no. Because there were no antibiotics at the time, he got progressively sicker, ultimately contracted pneumonia, and succumbed to the illness. Uh, he most likely didn't sleep on the steps of Washington Hall, he says, at least not that night. Um, but, you know, this hasn't stopped the legend and the lore. He went on to say uh, they didn't keep great records at that point. So we'll probably never be sure of exactly what happened. Right. It feels like a lot of times they create these legends to expand the myth sure. of the person. So in this case, you have Gip. He's portrayed to be a little bit of a rebel and have that kind of rebellious streak to him. So that legend in these stories sort of fit that portrayal. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, you know, he never really came across anything from the actual story there. It reminds me of my one of my best friends in the whole world from my hometown. Uh, he's a bit of, of an exaggerator. And I think just people do that naturally. You know, it's just a part of mm. our DNA to, to, to make uh, stories more fantastical uh, than they actually truly are. And, it, you know, it's just the way that we are. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, it's just the way it is. Yeah, the, there's that thing. If you repeat something enough, you eventually do believe it, even if you Absolutely. didn't the first time you said yeah. it. 
I remember at one point I, I I misremembered a doctor telling me that I was five foot ten and a quarter, and eventually I started telling people I was five eleven. <laughs> and then it's I measured it's myself. Easy to do, yeah. Oops, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so I, I think you had one more thing. Do you have another little short one for us, sir? I do. Um, in fact, there is a uh, visual component to this. I don't know oh. if we would be able to do it over the podcast, where it could actually play the the audio version. I don't know how you would want to do that, but I could. You could always just leave a link in the description for the people that might actually. You don't. You, uh, well, you could possibly do that, right, on the uh, the podcast. Sure. Version? I okay. can also, if you know, if you eventually send me whatever it is, I can just post it yes. along with the link to the pod. So I will say that uh, I don't know this person personally, but he is a resident of my home county in North Carolina. Uh, this got a lot of traction whenever it came out in uh, 2020, or excuse me, 2021. Um, it was actually picked up initially by the WC, uh, excuse me, WCNC newsroom there in North Carolina, Charlotte uh, uh, news station. This guy uh, in my home county by the name of Tim Peeler. Uh, he lives out in Kayser in the, in the very, very backwoods of this uh, county. Um, he happened to call 911 and, and the operator picked up and it was a very, very strange call from there. He said that he had uh, saw Bigfoot or what in our home county, the legend of Bigfoot, he's referred to as Nobby. Not Woodgy, uh, that's the, uh, the New England version. <laughs> Just but, go in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nobby is what we call him for where I'm from. And uh, he, he said he saw him. Uh, he, he walked up onto his property. He said he had beautiful hair and six fingers on each hand. But he said fingers, six fingers on each hand. Uh, so there, there's an entire, they, you know, they, the, the news crew went out after they heard about this uh, 911 uh, dispatch. And uh, they did an interview with him. He's a very, very backwoods, typical Appalachian, you know, living off the land kind of guy. And, I, you know, some people say he might have been lonely or drunk or both. But, hey. uh, you know, uh, he claims that he saw um, a Bigfoot and uh, interacted with him temporarily. He, he basically scared him off with a stick uh, saying, get, get away from here. But he claims to have came face to face with Bigfoot, as we call him Nobby, um, and the wow. rest is history. Yeah, this this you know this went out all over the place. So, you know, CNN actually did a um, a story on this, and all nice. of you know after it you know went viral, all these Bigfoot, another you know subgroup of communities out there that you know believe in Bigfoot. They they like to go out into the woods and camp, and you know claim that they hear stuff and have a yeah. good old time. You know, it's it's all fun and games. Uh, a bunch of people showed up uh, at his doorstep to to get the first count, uh, the firsthand accounts of what he saw and stuff like that. So, you know, good on him for you know coming out as a, a big true a bigfoot truther. I guess I don't I don't know how to, the best way to describe it, but uh, but uh, you know Tim Peeler from my home county. He thought he was calling coyotes, but he got something frightening. You know, that's uh, he calls himself a self-proclaimed mountain man. And, uh -huh. and by God, he he met the he met the he met the mountains that night uh, for sure. It's, it's funny too because Nobby sounds like the English version. It sounds like right. the like the British version of Bigfoot, right? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, old, it's old Nobby. It's Nobby, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely shouldn't go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yep. So I've got a personal one for you, okay. and uh, it, it, you know, thinking about it, it's more indirectly personal. So. You're a New Hampshire guy now. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, I'm sure, aware of the Appalachian Mountain Club. Uh, yes. There's the series of huts there in New Hampshire mm -hmm. that, um, you know, there's a, a whole sort of string of huts scattered over the presidential mountains, as they're known. Yes. Uh, with, of course, Mount Washington, the big one. Um, 
so I went, a friend of mine worked for the AMC one summer and he said, Oh, you got to come up. You got to come up. And we hiked and hiked. Uh, I went up a place called Tuckerman's ravine, which is, it's so steep that the back half of my body got sunburned, like literally Mm. the backs of my calves, but my shins are, are, you know, snow white and my calves are, are lobster red. Like that's how steep it was, but we made it, we get up there. And when you do make it to the top of Tuck's, you're treated to this incredible view and the hut that's up there is called the lakes in the clouds. And it's Mm. just, it's exactly what you'd think. It's rustic and gorgeous. So we go there and we conk out for the night. I had the single worst sleep of my entire life. I woke up every 10 minutes and I wake up boiling and sweating. So I, you know, push all the covers off, fall back asleep. I wake up, minutes later cold as ice just it was never and and nothing in between just absolute extremes all night long i could barely you know keep my eyes shut next morning my friend says so and he has a big smile on his face He's like how'd you sleep (laughs) and i was like not good dude it was the worst experience i've ever had in my life sleeping and i was exhausted like i should have been like a alarm and he said ah that's right that's because this place is totally haunted oh and i was like you didn't tell me that ahead of time. You didn't say, by the way, we're going to be sleeping in a haunted hut. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, because if I told you it was haunted, any experience you had then might've been because it was in your head. Yeah. The fact that I didn't tell you and you still felt some of this stuff, that's just further proof to me that mm-hmm. this is real. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So apparently, so of course these, the AMC huts, they're only open for certain months out of the year. Cause the Tuckerman's ravine especially is impassable um during the winter but of course they have to have caretakers because the snow can can destroy these huts you need to have people out there yes home base is at pinkham notch which i think is is right near north conway maybe even in north conway Mm -hmm. and so that's home base they have the most facilities it's the you know it's the least hut like it's the least rustic part and so that's home base they have the main radio there and every morning they touch base with all the caretakers of all the huts. And, you know, it's a big deal if somebody doesn't report in because it's pretty important and anything can happen out there. And so one day, um, the guy who is caretaking Lakes in the Clouds just doesn't make the call. And they're like, Hmm. huh, okay. But one missed call isn't enough to worry because, you know, he might be out on snowshoes and he's just a little slow. Who knows? There's very many reasonable things that would keep you from the call. The next day, he doesn't call in again, and they're like, okay, if we don't hear from him tomorrow morning, we're sending a, a team out, snowshoes with litter and everything. The next morning, they do get in touch with him, but he sounds totally bizarre, and like his voice is quivering, he's clearly shaking, he's clearly agitated, and, and they're like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And all he'll say is, I don't know, I don't know, something's up, something's up. I don't want to talk about it right now. I don't want to talk about it right now. And then the next day, he didn't call in again. And they were like, that's it. You know, yeah. we're sending a team up. They sent, I think it was three people up tucks, you know, treacherous terrain. But these guys are professionals. They make it to the lakes in the clouds. When they get to the hut, the door has been barricaded. They have to force the door open. And when they get oh, in there, no. the guy is sitting in a far corner of the hut, just crouched, like huddled up in a ball, holding the fire axe shaking just visibly shaking and he's got a table turned over in front of him like a barrier 
Huh. And he, he's, he screams at them. He doesn't want them to approach him. They have to slowly sort of talk him down. They notice every pot and pan in the entire place is scattered all over the floor. Whoa. And one of the first things they asked him is, what happened with this stuff? Why have you knocked on He said, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It's them. Ooh. They're here. They're here right now. They eventually had to tie him to the litter and physically carry him back down the mountain. Wow. And that ended his residency as caretaker of that particular hut. It's like shining level. Yeah, stuff. I was I was exactly thinking like that's Jack Torrance, you know. That's just yeah. what happened to this guy. He Jack Torrance himself. Yeah, that is that's insane, huh? Wow. Yeah. Spooky. It was such a beautiful hut, but I I don't know if I'm going back. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, I'd stay away from that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love stories like this. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes it's personal. Sometimes it's something you hear that just kind of strikes a chord with you or something. And like you say, I, I don't instantly say, Oh, that's definitely the truth. Right. But I often think, well, if it's not the literal truth, what else was happening there? You Absolutely. Know, it, yeah. It gets you thinking about other things. It's so much fun to talk about this sort of stuff. You know, there's a reason why horror movies are so successful or Halloween is just a, a great tradition and stuff like that. It's, it's it, allowing people to think outside of the box. It's, it's, it's bringing um, abnormal to the normal, right? It's just, yep. it's so much fun. And that's why I love Halloween so much. I think you know this about me. My family owns the funeral home in my hometown. So, you know, small hometown area outside of Charlotte. We're, for the longest time, we were the only uh, funeral home in town. So, um, you know, we were always considered like, uh, you know, everybody be like, oh, that kid, his family owns the funeral, right? So I was Harris always funeral home. People are dying yeah. to get in. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a business people are dying to get into, right? Um, the funeral business. I was always going to be that kid. You know what I mean? It was, just, it was, uh, it was just in my DNA that I was going to, I was going to embrace that type of, uh, that type of almost like gothic, like love Halloween, anything dark, you know, love yep. that stuff, love scary movies um you know love halloween so yeah it's just it's just it's so much fun uh, and i'm glad that we're we're continuing this tradition of doing this uh yeah halloween's a good time yeah, man. I, think, I think too because death is always a mystery for everybody and some people Absolutely. have religious ideas and some yep. people have metaphysical ideas and some people have no idea mm -hmm. so somehow these stories kind of i don't know they provide an extra little like okay well maybe it's this and i think it's like you say it's a lot of fun but it's also reassuring in a way like mm -hmm. Well, if somebody wrongs me so badly, maybe I can haunt them. Like right. in, in a way, yeah, <laughs> it's kind sure. of a good feeling. Yeah. Like you know, don't mess Absolutely. with me too much. Yeah, <laughs> you, you feel like you have control beyond you know something that you clearly don't have control over after that point. Um, another thing is like um, I just lost my train of thought there. Must have been the the spirits taking it from me. Um, <laughs> hopefully, it'll come back. Uh, did you want to discuss a little bit of free jack preseason before we get out of here? Or? What? Absolutely. And in yeah. fact, by the way, uh, I, I had a story lined up. I, I was planning this whole thing and it just never came together. I was going to do a quasi ghost story about, Ooh. you know, the night not too long ago when in Quincy, Mass, in a town much like this one, <laughs> a team full of New Zealanders showed up <laughs> and took down our free jacks in the damn playoffs. Oh, yeah. That, that that is a horror story. Realized, not only, yeah, I was like, not only is this a real horror story, it's not funny. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty sad, unfortunately. It still hurts to, to talk about and to think about, unfortunately. But, you know, we're going to have to exercise those ghosts at some point because yeah. the, the, the season, the new season is not too far away. It still kind of feels like a long way away, but it's not that far away. Um, we'll be talking about preseason pretty soon, like officially on, on the podcast, the Jack Ranger Show, in about, 
I'd say in about a month from now, um, we'll, we'll get cracked. Yeah, you usually do you usually do a preview pod and everything and talk about what you expect out of the different teams. Is that coming? You bet. Um, so we this year we have correspondence from specific teams. Yeah, Not yeah. all of them, I of course, this. but uh, I think we've got all from – all except – well, actually, we do have Atlanta. So all of the Eastern Conference teams and some of the teams out West, we will have official correspondence that we'll check in with um, prior to the season, you know, find out what's going on with that specific team, the ins and outs, um, you know, what those guys think about their team, you know, what's the confidence of their, the, you know, making a run, that sort of stuff. And then um, after all of that, during the, you know, after the preseason is over with, during the season, if the Free Jacks happen to play those teams, and of course they'll play all the teams from the East at least once, um, we'll be talking to those guys as well uh, prior to those games. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a, a, an extra thing that we're doing this year. It's a, an official thing that we're doing this year, this year where there's actual going to be correspondence that we talk to each and every I think week that, pretty much. I think that's a brilliant ring. I think it's going to bring so much week in and week out. It's going to be awesome. It's just extra content, man. We got content bleeding out the eyeballs when the season comes around. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. So, um, so what are you, are you thinking about the preseason? Um, what do you think about the off season? What do you think about some of the moves we've made? We've lost a lot of big names, but just yeah. in the last few weeks, the names, it's an avalanche of names yeah. coming into the free jacks. And, yeah. and a lot of them are really cool names. Absolutely. You know, I think of a guy like uh, Mitch Jacobson, whose brother is uh, is an all black uh, and, and him himself has played for the Chiefs and, and most notably, uh, I think, Waikato for quite a while now, um, even the captain of Waikato. So that's that's very encouraging to get a guy like that to come over here. And I wonder, you know, I don't want to say this is truth because, again, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of this. I mean, obviously, we have a working relationship and a partnership and an alignment ship with the Free Jacks, but they didn't specifically tell me this. I saw it online. So it is a pure rumor that maybe he's not the only Jacobson that we might see in Free Jack's uniform. Now, that would be incredible. That I might saw be, that same thing. I, that might be, if that is true, and again, I am not saying that that is true. Phil Harris here of the Jack Strange Show is not saying that it's true, but if it is, that is the biggest get in all of MLR. Now, we've had guys yep. come through that are previous All Blacks, you know, in the league that have since, you know, they wouldn't be picked at that moment of them joining sure. the league. This yep. guy is is an all black. Like you know, it's so that if that happens, boy oh boy, like it, that would be the biggest get. Not just uh, in you know Jack's range, or excuse me, <laughs> Freudian slip, uh, uh, free Jacks, <laughs> but MLR in general. I mean, that would be incredible. But if that does not happen, which most likely it will not, uh, you know, we've still got a good team here that we can be excited about. Specifically oh, yeah. with all of the Canadians coming in. I mean, I don't know what happened in Toronto, but uh, those guys. We're like, see ya. We're going, you know, just a little bit further <laughs> south here where the weather is similar and uh, we're going to have fun there. Bye bye. I, I, you know, I don't have any specific information to provide about what's going on in Toronto, but a lot of those Canadian players said, we're just going to go play for the Frejax. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. Uh, and that's something to be happy about because the tight five that play for Canada are going to be suiting up for the Free Jacks. And if you don't think that matters, I, I got to tell you that you're wrong because those guys having that experience whether they come from the arrows a lot of those guys are coming over here that have played together uh they played together on the national team so that's just something called team chemistry that we will have yep. automatically with these guys coming in they know each other they they've scrummed together many many times uh throughout the years so that is a benefit to us now what happens to the international roster spots that the free jacks have because again canadian players are are domestically qualified they don't count against the international roster spot the free jacks still to this day as of this recording have the most amount of roster spots international roster spots did the free oh, jacks didn't know that. 
just keep that? I think it's like 12 or 13 is the highest in the league, or do they start making moves to bring in some wow. holes in other areas? Um, it's going to be very exciting uh, to see what happens over the next two months. I think, you know, from now and for, until two months from now, there will be new signings announced and stuff like that that will continue to come in, trickle in with the news for the Free Jacks. So it, it's a very exciting time to free, be a Free Jacks fan. A lot of people can look around the league and say, well, teams are getting better around us. I, most specifically, NOLA. I mean, they are really yeah. up in the game. I don't think they've ever made the playoffs before, especially when the Free Jacks have been in the league. They've never made the playoffs. They've gotten close at times but i think that ownership group is like we're, we're just putting all our chips into this yep. year and let's see what happens um they are going to be a lot better this year so uh and new york is always a problem right atlanta is always a problem dc has gotten better so this this eastern conference I mean, is going to be they, so they kind of ha- they would kind of have to yeah yeah <laughs> they're on the bottom so all they can do is go up you know there's yeah. no way that they can get any worse so uh for sure yeah it's 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 a little frightening, but at the same time, we have to trust the process as Free Jacks fans. We know that we've got the right chemistry on this team. We've got the right right leadership on this team. We've got the right yep. coaches on this team to make it all come together. So uh, it's a- one of the great things about, as you know, is about being a Free Jacks fan is I feel so comfortable with our management system with a, with the staff at the highest oh, level. Yeah. I feel like our coaches and everyone in those leadership meetings. I, I believe in them. I trust mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so when we lose Bodin Waka, of yeah. course, my heart hurts. It sucks. But my brain yeah. tells me, hey, calm down. Like, there's a plan. Th- I this mean, isn't, you know. Yeah, the heir apparent is a guy that has played at NPC for years, for four years now at a high, high level, uh, that being Jason Potrits. Uh So he's coming in, um, you know, and we got to give this guy a chance. And, you know, listen, if, you, if you've been playing at NPC for four straight years, you're a good player. Um, oh, yes. Let's not forget that Waka cut his teeth in the NPC to, before he came over here, uh, obviously with uh, the sevens program there in uh, New Zealand as well. But um, I'm excited. You know, I, I don't feel I don't I don't think it's going to be a letdown this year. Um, you know, in the preseason last year, uh, you know, it kind of went viral a little bit as my, my, my quote was get your ass into the playoffs and see what happens. Yep. I think we exceed those expectations this year. And I, I say, get our ass into the conference uh, or excuse me, the championship game and see what happens. That is my expectation as a free Jack fan. I think I'm with you. And you know, our actual biggest loss has to be the Waka Waka girl. What's she mm. going to do this year? <laughs> There's going to be a poster. Yeah, There's yeah, show me a different poster, poster a different yeah. outfit, but oh man, sure. yeah, that was a blast. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, it sucks that he's gone, but I don't think he's gone forever. Mm. Um, you know, I have a feeling, and I think he said this in his statement, so it's not a big deal to, for me talking about this. Is he said he would be back? He did so, say that. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you go over to uh, I can just see it playing out like this: is he goes over to um, uh, Japan for one year. He gets all of that money. He secures that bag, right, and comes back next year. Uh, I don't think that's uh, beyond the realm of possibility. Have you gotten a look at what that Kobe Steelers team is going to look like? Oh, boy, they are stacked. Jesus, huh? it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Kobe God. Stealing the championship, huh? Those Steelers I, I are know. going for it. Yeah. I have a feeling that I think that league in Japan is much like the French top 14 where there's yeah. not really a salary cap. So it's like the owners are just flexing on each other like, oh, yeah, look who I got. What's crazy is the owners are corporations. Like Toyota has a team yep. for Blitz, which is where um, Ryan Martin is uh, coaching at right now. It's like uh, Toyota, you know, Suzuki, all of the big name oh, yeah. corporations that you know uh, as an American from uh, Japan, they're all involved in this. So 
they're just like, yeah, our corporate branding is a part of the rugby team. So as long as they do well, yep. we do well. It's, it's, it is an awesome, awesome competition. And, and uh, I'd love to see more of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm hoping the rugby network carries, you know, last year they were like, well, here's a game. Yeah. It's like a highlight. Game, but, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't game consistent. It was, yeah. it was hard to sort of follow it in that mm-hmm. way, but I'm hoping that'll change this coming year. I hope so too. Yeah. That, that's an awesome league. And like I said, there's so many superstars over there because they're getting paid very, very good money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Phil, my friend, this has been a blast as always. And mm-hmm. please, before I let you go, Anything else we haven't already covered to plug for the Jacks Rangers show? What's on Phil's radar for the next couple of months? I, it's just really uh, trying to get to the preseason. I know next uh, next month in November we're going to have at least two episodes. Um, specifically, we're going to you know we've already interviewed uh, Jason, who's going to be the new heir um, apparent for the uh, fly half position. Um, we're trying to get another big big uh, free Jack that we haven't spoken to yet. Working on that right now, so ah. expect him to be on the show next month for sure. Not going to give it away yet because it isn't finalized. But uh, yep. expecting a big big name to come in, and then beyond the month of November, we're really going to start cranking it up for preseason stuff so uh, if you're a free jack fan or an mlr fan make sure you're checking out the jack strangers show for the best free jacks content on the internet uh, are you hearing anything from the league about the fate of the gill teams i wish uh, i i, I, I uh, wish somebody under would the impression me. we were supposed to hear last week and then yeah, there was a deafening that? silence i think and i don't know this for you know i don't know this information but I, this is just what i think is taking place is i think that there is some interested buyers mm. and it's not a done deal yet. So the league cannot announce anything until it's done um, until either that interest completely goes away or they buy the team. I don't think that they're going to make any type of announcement until that takes place one way or the other. Uh, we've heard uh, some very, very uh, suspect rumors that there might be some, uh, some people involved down there in New Zealand that. Uh, that yeah. Rumors, New Zealand investment in. is the, is the very sketchy rumor I've seen, but yeah. you know, I've seen it more times than I usually see sketchy rumors. So for sure. You know, we, we keep hearing about the possibility of um, uh, Chicago coming in, which I think is yep. a, is a, a great move uh, on the yes. part because you have to have that TV market is the third largest TV market in the country. So then I have a team there yet is actually sinful. In my opinion, you have to have a Midwestern team. There's no Midwestern uh, MLR teams yet. So that yeah. has to take place. I really hope that that does come together. So Philip J. Harris, the haunting that's never wanting the ghost with the most, the poltergeist with, Okay, I rhymed myself into a corner there. <laughs> who, who the hell's J? My middle name is C. <laughs> I know. I was just I was going for a Philip J. Fry thing there. It was a little bit of a, a quasi of a Futurama reference stuck I, in there. At this point, I'm eating the broccoli that's in front of me. By the way, it's it's actually very good. It's very good. <laughs> raw broccoli? It's good, man. I highly recommend it. If, if people out there haven't tried raw broccoli lately, try it out. That's a that's a that's a free uh, pro tip. Wow. And I didn't think we were going to say anything actually scary on this show. You know what? I haven't watched this, so that is kind of scary. I probably should have watched this first. <laughs> I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? Uh, salmonella, perhaps? I don't know. We'll oh, see. right, right. So, <laughs> did, did you hear, you know, two of the teams in the URC caught E. coli in South Africa at the same hotel this week? Did not like, hear that. That. Is, that is not a good uh, ad for that little Not that a little good hotel. look. Not a good look at all, yeah. It's it's, it's it's coach it's coach matthew's hometown too I, sounds I like a really crappy situation if you know what i mean hey there it is <laughs> hey. 
I was wondering where that low hanging fruit was. I just mm-hmm. had to there turn it around. Yep. I jumped all <laughs> over it like a panther. <laughs> so listeners, if you haven't yet subscribed to the Jack's Ranger show, I mean, what are you even waiting for? And while you're at it, why not take a few moments to leave us both nice reviews? It's a yeah. surefire way to keep the goblins at bay. These, uh, this is actually some really high level. This is A plus stuff from you on, on this episode. I think the, the Halloween brings out the best in both of us, I feel like, you know. I know. Well, now we're both serious New Englanders. It's our favorite time of year. The, the colors in the leaves bring out the colors in our personalities, I think. For sure. For sure. So, Phil. Thank you again. We will chat very soon. Mm-hmm. A happy, happy Halloween to you up in the Granite Outpost. I can't wait to see you in person at Fort Quincy. It's going to be great. Happy Halloween to everybody out there, and uh, have a good one. Thanks, my friend. Huzzah!